Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. Joining us now, Mark Harmon from Core Ice. Mark, thanks for joining the show. Chris, it's my pleasure as always to be with you. I hope you're having a great day and uh, gosh, let's get started. Mark, uh, you've been around, you've been driving around doing a lot of stuff. Tell me about uh, what you guys have been doing. We talked to you at the St. Paul show, but what have you been up to since then? Sure. You know, I think this year we're trying to capitalize on an opportunity where we can really demonstrate the mobility of the core ice fish house. With our hybrid skid system and wheel system, uh, I don't think everybody understands fully what that concept can do. I mean, we had a pretty awful winter when it came to conventional fish houses. We're out to be on the different lakes using our skids and using our wheels on a very lightweight application with an ATV to continue to fish all winter long. And so it's been a very busy schedule for me. I've been to Lake the Woods, Red Lake, multiple different lakes within my area. And like your reference, and uh, we're kind of trying to accomplish doing the Grand Slam of the West uh, where we headed out to Lake Pactola in the Black Hills for some lake trout. We set out to Lake Cascade in Idaho for some of those massive perch, which I'm always proud to post pictures of. Uh, <laughs> on the, the idea was to come back through uh, SAC, uh, SACACOIA, and uh, the ice conditions weren't quite right. Oh, before that, we we're going to go through Fort Peck, uh, but there was an accident on Fort Peck and a pretty uh, – a, a whole bunch of ATVs and stuff had gone through during a tournament. Uh, somebody, there was a casualty, uh, and so we, we, we changed course. And our final destination on that trip uh, happened to be Devil's Lake, where uh, we got out on the ice and had some fun and experiences there. But in any of these situations, especially in Idaho and the Black Hills, uh, seeing wheelhouses was a complete and total anomaly. Uh, and for the conditions that we were able to go to, whether it was on Cascade, where we skidded seven miles to get to our destination, uh, that wasn't the half of it on the ice. The big thing was, since people don't go across the accesses with traditional fish houses, the accesses aren't plowed. And so we had a three to four foot snowpack trail leading into that lake. And that's no problem for a track ATV and our skid system. So those are some of the things that we uh, did. Of course, we, as always, video that stuff and we document it. Uh, and we're going to be releasing some of those videos on our Adventure Friday series on YouTube and Facebook here soon. So how's that for a plug? <laughs> Boy, yeah, that was a mouthful. So yeah, how about that? So I'll take a quick breath. So um, I've had a very busy uh, season out ice fishing. And of course, there's many other things that we do from the shows. And we're, you know, we're a big stone lake this year. And I was at Clear Lake uh, in Iowa. Uh, I've seen a lot of different destinations and been on a lot of water this year for a lot of people who didn't move their fish houses this last year, but maybe one or two times. Um, you missed out on a pretty healthy year. It, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. How was the fishing? Uh, it varied from place to place. Uh, when we're at Pactola, I think anybody who uh, knows how to fish lake trout uh, knows that it's somewhat, depending on the lake, can be a crapshoot. Uh, we were fortunate to catch one within the first 20, 25 minutes. We had several other strikes and hits. Uh, that was a lot of fun. The fishing was claimed to be slow out on Lake Cascade. I don't have any way to compare that. 
Um, but geez, <laughs> if you catch one fish a day on a Lake Cascade, I guarantee it's the right fish. Right? <laughs> I mean, those things are massive. Uh, and then Big Stone Lake, you know, I went, I went down there uh, fishing with a friend, and uh, it, it, there was no challenge to catch perch that day whatsoever. It was just continuous. One of those. I've had a few different opportunities where I've been in the right situation at the right time where you pick up fish after fish after fish after fish and anybody walks away feeling like an expert. Uh, and that was a uh, big stone. Uh, and that was, that was fantastic. You know, we, the Clear Lake fishing was a little bit of a challenge, uh, but it also had 192, 191 teams of two that fished it for about four hours that day. So we came into a fairly pressured situation, but we still caught fish and um, yeah, uh, the fishing was good. It presented some challenges. Uh, the situations on lakes that I fish a lot, they were different this year. Um, places that it would be like shooting fish in a barrel where you go out where you want to target something where you can just accomplish catching a fish. And somehow that's a very healing uh, in a busy work week. Uh, the, I had a lake where I got skunked this year that I would tell anybody that you'll never get skunked uh, on it. So, you know, I mean, it was a different year. I think anybody who said that everything was the same as last year only fished one time and they got lucky one more time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. Interesting for me as well. I had a lake that uh, I do really, really well on in the summertime and I could not catch a fish on that lake this winter to save my life. And there's another mm -hmm. lake not too far away that I almost never fish in the summertime because it just, you just get blown around all over the place and have a hard time holding position and went out there and just pounded them all winter long and it was a lot of fun so mm -hmm. kind of a weird yeah. weird season for me as well but the reason we wanted to have you on today is you've been in the uh, fish house business for a long long time and we're in April this is going to air in April um, and people are kind of you know putting it away for the year and we wanted to talk to you about some things that they should do with their fish house as uh, the season comes to an end. Sure. And I did put together a list. Uh, you'd asked me the question before we went on air. And I put a little bit of thought into this, you know, and, I, and I'm not real casual when it comes to this stuff. And I'm not going to speak just to our product alone. I mean, in any and all fish houses, I think step number one is walk around that fish house and visually check for any kind of damage, whether it's on the exterior of the fish house or maybe cracked or broken windows. Uh, or, you know, maybe, especially your tires, as we take them down these uh, weird scenarios, uh, you know, you can come across some pretty uh, rough rocks or some weird accesses. There's, we, we take a lot of that for granted because we're cold, we just want to get home, but really inspect your tires. I mean, that's your contact point between you and the road, uh, and you don't want to be in a position uh, next year uh, where your tires may not be in the most trusting space. The second thing and I'm going to recommend, and you probably have done this, and if you haven't, you really need to do this. This is an awesome opportunity to take out the power sprayer and really wash all that salt off. That salt sitting on your unit for the remainder of the spring, summer, and into fall, if you don't touch it again until next year, you're going to be pretty disappointed and regret you didn't take that extra 20 or 30 minutes to really take care of it. Number three, 
this is pretty critical. And from my experience of being around the fish house now over 10 seasons, uh, is that people don't take the time. And it's not just your fish house. It's utility trailers and boat trailers and everything else. I think people overlook greasing, the value of greasing your barrier, bearings. Excuse me. Taking a few minutes to inspect and grease your bearings will save you a lot of trouble uh, and a lot of problems down the road. They should be maintained once a year. Of course, always check with your owner's manual and see what their recommendations are. But that would be my Mark Harmon to you recommendation is you should at least check or inspect those once a year or if you're gonna be going on a significantly longer trip than normal. The next thing would be uh, when it comes to your battery. Batteries are an expensive piece that we wanna take for granted, but we do put them through a lot of challenges over the winter. Uh, batteries uh, don't like cold weather and they don't recover very well. A lot of times they'll get frozen out. Um, there's a few things that you should do to your marine battery. And one would be check your water levels. Uh, so I would open that up and I would inspect your water levels and make sure that those are topped up. Uh, if you don't, if you have a converter like our, our products do and many manufactured fish houses do, I would recommend leaving your fish house plugged into a 110 or some power plant outlet where it has a maintainer that will keep that battery at a good healthy level throughout the rest of the season. If you don't do that, I would recommend pulling that battery, pulling it into a dry a uh, warm spot, maybe a, a shop or a garage, uh, and just pull that out. You don't want that seeping or weeping or something and coming in and finding that in the mess come fall. Um, another thing, this maybe goes back to even the wheel bearings yet. Yeah, when you're looking at your wheels and everything else, it's always a good idea to check your lug nuts. Uh, we park these vehicles at the end, but and then season, once you recheck your uh, wheel bearings and stuff, then I would tighten down your lug nuts one more time. Uh, next thing would be your water systems. Uh, this is a good time to shock your tanks uh, and also drain and empty them as well. So if you haven't done that, cue that up. It's time to do it. Now, if you're going to be using it this summer uh, with your water tanks and everything else, uh, then this is probably a good time to really maintain those as well. Um, this is something that um, I've recommended for every person I've ever sold a fish house to is you really need to secure your valuables. People get concerned about people breaking into their fish houses when they're on the ice. The reality is you go and you check your fish house. If you leave your fish house on the ice, you're probably out there at least once or twice a week checking on it and you'd know if something went away. But if you store your fish house and you put it out behind the barn or wherever you store your fish house and you don't take a look at that for six, seven, eight, nine months, there's a lot of opportunities for things to walk away. In fact, I would probably argue that you're at greater risk in the off season than you are during the season. So if you have those extra valuables like your flasher, maybe if you have your generator in your fish house, something along those things, I would pull those and put it into a more secure area that you might check on a more regular basis. Kind of like maybe in an area where you might store your hunting gear uh, or something else that you like to keep safe. It doesn't take long for us to spend, you know, two, three, four hundred dollars on lures a season, you know, two, three dollars per lure or four or five you buy five at a time over time, you've got something worth something to somebody else. Take the time to secure it. Next thing I would always recommend, uh, rotating your personal gear. Uh, this is a great time to pull out the ice fishing gear if you're done fishing and maybe start thinking about your summer usage. This is when I start putting in my ATV gear for our fish house. 
uh, and I start thinking about, uh, you know, helmet storage or maybe glove storage uh, and maybe a place where I might keep an extra change of boots just so I don't get too muddy when I get back. Um, the next thing, now this would be a little bit more specific to our core ice product, but it's worth mentioning using a concentrate cleaner, something like Simple Green uh, or something that you can pressure wash your floor kind of find those extra minnow heads that might be laying around or maybe the wax worms or spikes. They get into the crooks and crevices and the little other spots that maybe you don't see. It's a great time to take that power sprayer, wash everything out, make sure that there's nothing that was living that is no longer living that wants to decay and smell. And welcome you back to your fish house in the fall. So that's the short list, Chris, another mouthful. How's that? <laughs> what about, uh, I think probably the question that people ask all the time is should they store their fish house up or should they let it down and, and let it sit on the ground? That's a great question. And I think that uh, whatever answer I tell you would be challenged on opposing sides. I personally have always left my fish house up. The suspension is designed to be able to hold things in place. You know, certainly, um, you know, our fish houses are extremely lightweight and, and we're not going to stress the suspension whatsoever. So I don't see any reason to do that. If you are using a strap or a cable style uh, raising and lowering mechanism to raise and lower your fish house, this is a, I should mention this as well. Um, going into my history of other units I've sold, you should let off the slack off of your cables and also off your straps. Make sure that they're just sitting on those leaf springs. But uh, I don't see any reason why you can't leave that uh, up. Um, unless the, with, with one exception, spray foam on the bottom of a fish house is not UV stable and it can get crusty and caramelized. So the reflection of the sun over the summertime, if you don't have a layer of paint over your spray foam on the bottom of your fish house, it will get radiation from the sun off of the grass or the ground that it's around and it will start to break that down and deteriorate. And when you lose that nice coating on the outside, when you first spray it where it's all cured and healed over, it will open up and it will be more saturated with water the next times that it's out there. So if you don't have a painted spray foam bottom of your fish house, whether it's a custom made fish house, homemade fish house or whatever, I'd recommend to drop that down so you don't take any additional UV damage that you don't need to. That's a little bit more technical, but that's a decent tip. Sure. And how about awnings? I know uh, there's a lot of people that open up their awnings in, in October and find a, a surprise. What should they do with their awnings right now? Yeah, you know, I mean, there is plenty of awning cleaners that are out there on the market. You know, when, when we, you know, we pick up more, more times than not, people are probably going to use those in the wintertime or not use those in the wintertime, but maybe in the summer. But when we're dragging them around in the winter, you know, you do have an opportunity to get salt and water that sits and nestles up there. And when you unroll that on and you might see that, uh, I don't know if you would call it a mildew line or if you'd call it a dirt line. Uh, but if you want to keep that stuff nice and maintained and you're taking that opportunity to power spray stuff out, it's not a bad idea to ex extend that awning out. Uh, if you have some dirt or some bacteria or some kind of organic material, there's specialized uh, stuff you can find all over Amazon that will break down those uh, deposits uh, and let that dry completely and then roll that back up and you should be in good shape. But yes, you should inspect your awnings 
Uh, I mean, if there's rips and tears or anything like that on it, you might as well take care of that now before you pull it out on the 4th of July or whenever you use it next and realize, oh man, <laughs> this isn't what I was expecting. Mark, you came to the show very well prepared, had a good list there, but is there something I didn't ask you that you think is important or something you want to bring up before we let you go? You know, I hope, uh, yeah, I will bring this up. And this is just on a personal level for myself to other sportsmen and from my partners and stuff. We understand and know that a lot of people are going through a lot of changes in their life when it comes to the social distancing and uh, kind of re-looking at the way that we engage one another on a day-to-day basis. And I think that it's important to remember when you see somebody walking down the street, there's almost an awkwardness for one person to say hi to another. Don't be afraid to reach out and just say hi. We don't need to shake hands. You can keep your six feet. But let's, not, let's, let's recreate this culture of new ways that we can extend those courtesies to say to one another, you know, you're all right in my book. Because it is all of us that stick together that create this community that we call the United States of America. And I think that it's really important to always keep a focus that together we'll all get through this. So we're going through this just like everybody else's, and I hope everybody out there is safe. And from one outdoorsman and sportsman and fisherman to another, we're thinking about you, uh, and we can't wait to get back to the way things are. Thanks so much, Mark. If people want to find out more about you and CORE, how do they find you? Sure. Simple enough. There's, there's three major ways that people find us all the time. Certainly, we have a big Facebook presence, and that would just simply look up Core Ice. Uh, we have a website present at core-ice.com, or you could simply find us on YouTube, where you see plenty of content as well. We do have a presence on Instagram and also Twitter, but our major channels are the first three that I mentioned. But as always, happy to be here, Chris. And if there's anything else I can help out, the community of ice fishermen or other outdoorsmen, feel free to call me anytime. Thanks, Mark Carmen. Really appreciate it. And uh, stay healthy. All right, you too. Thanks, Chris. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.